All right, guys, let me share with you um, last week in, in Galatians chapter 5, we finished up there with a statement at the end. We were talking about the works of the flesh, and we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and we were talking about the whole idea of, of you flee these things and you pursue these things. And um, the question that I asked at the end of the message was, how do you pursue um, the fruit of the Spirit? How's the fruit of the Spirit produced? And remember, first of all, we got to know and understand that God initiates it. And at the end of the day, if it happens, it's because God does it. So what does it mean when Paul says to us to pursue it, to, to go after it? Um, so, so with that being said, in our weekly reading this week, in the book of Acts chapter 17, there's a passage of scripture that I want to use from our weekly reading to springboard us to another passage that Paul taught about that I believe clearly gives us a picture of what it looks like to put off and to put on to pursue spiritual fruit. So let's begin by first reading this, what we read this week in our reading in Acts chapter 17, starting at verse number 10. It said, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Verse 12, Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, but prominent women as well as men. The Bereans treated Paul fairly. They treated him fairly by they were willing to listen to and consider the truths that he had shared. Those in Thessalonica, not the majority of them, but a great, major, a great percentage of them, did not treat Paul fairly. They were not willing to listen. They were not willing to consider what Paul was sharing, but immediately declared him wrong and in a sense run him out of their town. But the Bereans not only listened and considered the message Paul had for them, but listen to this, but think about this. But they searched the Scripture daily to see if those things were true. They spent time in the Word every day. They may not have known it, but Paul had the Bereans on a reading plan. Paul had the Bereans reading the Scripture every day day when we think about when you think about as we listen to the word as we give consideration to the word as we meet in smaller groups and we discuss the word on our personal side we're reading it listen as we begin to do these things things begin to change in our lives you can't not listen to it you can't not read it yourself you can't not and, and pursue it and discuss what it says and it not change something about you and that's what was happening with the Bereans and they were beginning to believe Romans 12 2 uh, it, listen it describes it like this do not be conformed to this world 
It literally means do not be squeezed into the mold of this world, but be transformed. And the word transform is the, is the word that literally means when, when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. So you can imagine what he's, he's talking about, a transformation that takes that is literally so different from a worm that you would smack off of you to being this beautiful fly that floats and will land on you with all of these colors that you take pictures of and that you love. Transform. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we, like the Bereans, listen to the Word, search the Word, our minds will be renewed by the Word. Our beliefs begin to change. Paul gives us a, a clear picture of this in Ephesians 4. And I want us to turn to Ephesians 4. And, and I want us to look at verse number, starting at verse number 17. Ephesians 4, verse 17. Listen to what Paul said. He said, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk, in the, it, it, walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. What is he saying? Don't, don't think like they think. Don't believe what they believe. But, but notice he said don't walk as they walk because the reality is, is what we think and what we believe and what's in our mind determines what we do. You see, if you're saying, I'm doing the wrong thing and I'm going the wrong way, We've got to ask ourselves, what really do I believe? And you'll say, well, I believe this. Well, you probably might believe something that's true. You might have knowledge of something that's true from Sunday school or some message you've heard. But the reality is, if your actions are different, it's because you've not really changed what you believe. You really believe in something different. And he went on to say, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, work of uncleanness and greediness. What is he describing there? The, the works of the flesh. He's saying when your mind thinks like this, this is the works you will have. When you change your mind, your works will become different. He said, but you have not so learned Christ. This is not what you learned from Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. Now look at what he begins to say. Verse 22. That you put off concerning your formal conduct that you put off the old man that you put off the works of the flesh which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust put them off look at what he says in verse 23 we're putting them off by being what renewed in the spirit of your mind and then look at verse 24 and that you put on a new man which was created according to god in the true righteousness and holiness what we have in this passage is Paul telling us to put off the works of the flesh 
In other places, he said, flee youthful lust. Remember why it's called youthful lust. Because it was in our youth that it began there. Okay, it's when it all started. So he said, to put off, he tells us to renew our mind. What he's saying is stop believing this and start believing something different so that you can put on a new man. The ideal is like taking off an old coat and putting on a new one. But the reality is, if you take off an old coat and it's cold and you don't have a new one to put on, you're just going to put the old one back on. You see, you've got to have a new thought, a new belief, a new way of understanding before you can put on a new man. Now, Paul gives us five examples, and then I'm going to give us the six examples that I believe will even help us with this virus that we're dealing with today. But look at these five examples that Paul gives us of putting off, putting on, renewing our mind, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to step outside of Paul's writings and give you what I believe might be the lie that we believe that leads us to what he's wanting us to put off. So look at verse 25 of chapter 4. Look at what he says. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. It's very clear. What's he telling us to put off? Lying. Lying might be to someone else. Lying might be to ourselves. We might not be telling ourselves. We might not be honest with our own selves. We might not be honest with our spouse. He said, put off lying. What does he want us to put on? Telling the truth. He wants us to put on telling the truth. Put off lying and put on telling the truth. Put on honesty. Put on realness. But he said there's a renewing our minds. There's a truth we've got to see because we're members of one another. See, many times we think our lies protects people, but our lies doesn't protect people. Our lies hurt all of us. Because the truth is we don't realize that we're members of one another, and when we're not real and honest and we lie, Ephesians 5 describes it like this, be careful that you don't bite and devour one another. Because we're members of one another. I, I believe that we lie, Why? I believe that because a lie promotes or protects self. It promotes or protects self. Not honest with ourselves because we don't want to think bad of ourselves, maybe. That's example number one. Look at example number two in, in verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. What are, we, what are we putting off? Anger to sin. We're putting it off. Anger that, that, that leads to sin. What are we putting on? Fixing it quickly. Taking care of it. Accomplishing it. What, what, what's the renewing of our mind that he talks about? Look at what he said right there. He said, nor give place to the devil. 
You see, when we allow our anger to just linger, when we allow our anger, when we, it's not fixed quickly, what we do is we open the door to our lives and we invite Satan in. We give him a place and a foothold in our life as long as we're keeping the anger that we have towards somebody. So what's the lie? Why is it that we want to be angered to sin? Why is it that we don't want to fix it quickly? This is what I believe. I believe that we think our anger punishes the person who hurt us. So as long as I continue to remain angry, I'm punishing that person who hurt me. I'm hurting them because they hurt me. And I'm doing it with my anger. Look at the third thing he said. He said, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. But what are we putting off? Stealing. Taking what's not ours, we're putting it off, right? What are we putting on? Working. What, what's he saying? You, you work for what you get. Don't steal it. He puts on working. But, but look at what the truth is that we're changing in our mind. That we may have to give to those in need. There's a purpose. But, but think about if you're stealing, you're not got anything that you're giving somebody. You're taking something that don't belong to you. And the reality is, what? What's the lie here? The lie is entitlement. That, th that we think that we're entitled to a certain something. It's an attitude that I deserve a certain thing, so I'm willing to take it. I deserve it as much as you do, even though I done. I didn't work for it. I didn't buy it, but I deserve it just like you do. It's an attitude of, a, of entitlement that is in our flesh. He's asking us to put off. Look at verse 29, number 4. Verse 29, he said, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What are we putting off? Corrupt words. One translation said abusive words. What are we putting on? Edifying speech. I think by the context of this scripture, we've got to think about this. What does it mean to edify? Edify is not equal to flattery. Edify is not equal to complimentary. Edify is to construct and instruct and build so that it becomes better. So if we're edifying speech in such a way that we're giving correction, sometimes that's not always easy, is it? Because the truth is, sometimes we share the truth with somebody. In reality, sometimes the people share truth with us personally, and it hurts. Kind of like, ooh, I didn't really want you to go there. But it's all a part of the edifying. Might I say to you today that we can withdraw edification 
And because we don't give edification, it might even be considered corrupt words because we don't speak them. So I would dare say to you that corrupt words is not about cuss words, but it's about tearing down. Are we edifying or tearing down? What's the, and what's the renewal? What's the truth? Impart grace with the words we speak. Everybody needs grace. Grace. Do you know that Jesus, the Bible says this about Jesus, that he was, that, that, that he was born of the flesh, and the flesh became, that God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten full of, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of both imparts grace imparts truth that's what edification is it's truth with the grace it's there what what's the lie that i believe that we hang on to the reason that we have corrupt words because somewhere down the road it makes us look better to tear someone else down and, and nobody in this room wants to admit that yeah i've done that or i do that but the reality is, is we all do that because we can talk negatively about somebody or show somebody's flaws or talk about somebody's flaws. And what we're doing is we're making them less in order that we are raised up. He said, put these things off and put these on. Right? Look, look, at, the, look at the next one. I want you to drop to verse 31. Verse 31 says this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I think I, I want to get to verse 32 so we understand clearly what's, what we're putting off and putting on. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What we're putting off is what? When you think about bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor, when you think about those things, what, what is that? It's unforgiveness. What are we putting off? We're putting off unforgiveness. What are we putting on? Forgiveness. No relationship is ever going to make it in this life without forgiveness. No church is ever going to stay together without forgiveness. No, no couple is ever going to stay together without forgiveness. But it's interesting, look at the truth here that he says. Renew our minds as God in Christ forgave us. And, and I don't want to get into all that, but their stories is really is this. The sin and how we've belittled God and how we've made less of God and how we've rebelled against Him. It, it is like McLeod Mountain over here behind us. And, and anything that anybody would do against us would be like a rock that you could get out of the playground. The point is, is God has forgiven us way more than we'll ever have to forgive somebody. He says, put off unforgiveness and put on forgiveness. Now, I want you to look back at verse 30. You might have noticed it was skipped. 
in the middle of all this examples that Paul gives us and this is just a few and I'm going to look at one more somewhere else and there's a bunch more that I've been working in my own personal life thinking about this but look at verse 30 he said and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption in the middle of all this put on and put off in the renewing of this mind he says do not grieve the Holy Spirit why did Paul throw that in the middle of there? Why did he, just in the middle of all this put on, put off, did he say that? Because when we don't put off and we live in according to the works of the flesh, it brings death. And death brings grief. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about death that is physical. I'm talking about death in your relationships. I'm talking about death with your parents. I'm talking about death with your spouse. I'm talking about death in your finances. I'm talking about death in your home. Man, there's a lot of ways that the works of the flesh brings forth death in our life. And when we don't put off, it grieves the Holy Spirit of God. And He is sad. Why? Because of the death that's in our life. But when we put on, man, there's a party in heaven. And there's a celebration. Why? Because of life that He knows is going to happen. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Will you turn with me? Turn with me to the book of Philippians. It's just the next book over. Chapter 4. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And this is what he says. Be anxious for nothing. He's saying, don't worry about anything. What's Paul saying? Don't worry about this virus. Don't be anxious about this virus. What is he saying? Put off this anxiousness. Put off this worry. Put it off. What are we putting on? What are we putting on? Let, let, let's read. What he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, we're praying about it and with thanksgiving because of who God is. Let your quest be made known to God. But look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What are we putting off? The anxiety. We're putting off the anxiety. We're putting off the worry. And we're putting on what? Peace. See, we can be anxious and we can be worried about not only this virus, but things in our life and, and craziness. But God says, put that off and put this on. I read an article recently that just really blew me away. But the article said that millennials and Generation Z have the greatest amount of anxiety of any generations we've ever had have huge amounts of anxiety compared to any other generation. And it's interesting that this article, I know there's more things than this, but this article credits this one thing for their anxiety. 
24 hours a day newscast. <coughs> 24 hours a day newscast. Constant negativity. Constant hype. Constant manic. Constant just blowing everything out of por proportion. So what's the renewing of the mind here? What's the renewing? Fall down in Philippians 4 verse 8 with me. I want you to see this. He said, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Meditate on these things. What's pure, what's noble, what's just, what's lovely, what's a good report. I may be fixing to negatively affect some of you, but I'm going to just share this with you. If you don't turn off CNN and Fox News over the next month, you are not going to have anything but anxiety. Because it's all that you are thinking about. You're not thinking about things that are noble. You're not thinking about things that are good. You're not thinking about things that are trustworthy. You're not thinking about things that have a good report. All you're thinking about is all the junk that they place on there, and your mind is worried. If you don't turn it off, you're going to be full of anxiety for the months to come. I'm not telling you not to be informed. You can be informed without that junk controlling you. You can know what's going on without it having a hold of your life. Because I'll go back to this. The Bereans searched the Scripture different daily, and their life became different. When you and I search the Scriptures, we discuss the Scriptures, we read the Scriptures, our life will become different. But if we just sit and watch Hannity and watch all those guys on Fox News, watch all those guys on CNN, you don't even know who's telling the truth. Where is the truth? It's just going to build and build the anxiety that's in you. Man, let's run to the Word of God in this time. Let's trust Him. Let's let Him build in us a trust and a faithfulness that, that allows for peace and not anxiety. Because I'll finish with where I started and they can come on and prepare a song for us just to sing together with. When we search the Scriptures, things change. What things change what we're thinking about. You see, what you think about determines what you put on or put off. If I'm thinking about this virus all the time, I'm putting on anxiety. If I'm thinking about the sovereignty and the goodness and the love of God and He's in control, I'm putting on peace. Thank you. 
what we think about, where our minds renew, determines where we walk to. Where are you walking to? Where's your mind at? What are you putting on and putting off? Man. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness today. God, help us to run to you. Help us to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen.